Live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, it's Craft Beer Radio episode 337, the 10th year anniversary show, featuring founders KBS, Fremont, the sister Imperial IPA, Avery Brewing Company's Raspberry Sour, New Glarus Moonman, and Grand Teton Brewing Sour Grand Saison. And special guest, Hill Farms and Breweries, Arthur. Now here are your hosts... Greg Weiss and Jeff Murray. Thank you. Thank, thank, you, thank you, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was fun. Well, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that nonsense. But uh, Yeah, this is the tenth this is our tenth year anniversary show, so um, we didn't really have anything set up, so we just pulled out some interesting stuff in in the uh Yeah, I didn't really plan too hard. Maybe we'll I don't know. If I get bored, maybe we'll plan something else for a real 10th anniversary celebration, but I doubt it. Uh, this is going to be it. So our first beer is from New Glarus. This uh, was, of course, uh, purchased by Dave. Thank you, Dave. This is Moon Man. It is, they call it a no-coast pale ale, so I would say probably just a pale ale. Mm, again, they don't have a lot of stuff on their website, so I don't have a lot of information about it. The color is a kind of a golden straw it has a pretty clear kind of a spicy hop note with um spicy some, orange pith mm-hmm. and i think uh sort of an english muffin malt mm-hmm. kinda oh, absolutely yeah there's a big malt character on this one it's not all hops and water it smells pretty good the aroma's Getting a little bit of like a lemon drop candy in the aroma as well. Looking for the ABV on this. I don't see it. They say you hold a session beer with a bright, bold blend of five hops. The hops really do stand out in the flavor. It's um, pretty diverse. You get a lot more tropical flavors. Uh, you know, It's almost certainly citra, maybe some mosaic in there. Yeah, it it does strike out immediately with a yeah, pretty strong kind of orange note, uh, maybe leaning towards a little bit of large. It's a little bit like a raspberry note in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Touch of mango towards the end of the taste. Hmm. It has some tropical carrying through. It's pretty good. Probably some chinook in there, too. I think I taste some resiny. Something, that spiciness, too, yeah. that you were smelling. I think something's adding to that as well. Nice, clean, uh, pretty, uh, like I said, the, the malt is definitely playing a, a big role here. It's giving it um, giving a, lot, a lot of body to move through. Um, the hops are playing a lot like, you know, we get this kind of marmalade-esque flavor, I think, when there's a lot of malty stuff mm-hmm. going on. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it, it feels like, you know, the English muffin with all these extra stuff on these slight pithy notes on it. <laughs> I just think it feels like we had this huge big opening and now and it's just like, done. <laughs> yeah. It, it's going to be hard to live up to that opening. Mm. So there's been times where we've reminisced about doing the show. We haven't, like, I don't know if I really have a 
don't, I don't know. Kind of over the reminiscing part now. Well, I mean, we have been doing it. And, yeah, this is this it's, is a perfect time to do it, right? This yeah, is the show yeah, yeah. to reminisce on doing this for ten years. I'd, one thing I can say is, um, I suppose it's to be expected, but what we expect out of beer has changed very significantly. Oh yeah, yeah, beers. It's interesting. I haven't put much thought into it, but I mean, we've been talking about all these new IPAs, just like the one we're drinking right now with all these great tropical flavors. Nowhere to be, you know, completely not even heard of or thought of, Mm -hmm. you know, six or seven years ago, let alone ten. But not like that. I mean, when we started, we were probably, uh, when we started, we would not not have put uh, Spotted Cow above The Alchemist. (laughs) No, no. He absolutely wouldn't have done that. Uh, it was, you know, thinking about what the time was like. I mean, it was conceivable to try every new beer that came to Pittsburgh yeah. then. I, I mean, it is. It, it has been fascinating to watch this industry grow and turn into something pretty huge. And uh, part of that getting, getting huge means that there are other things going on some not some good some not so good that had that just happen when anything gets big right um you have the, the group of people who are who complain about sellouts and you have the group of people who uh just are doing pure marketing stunts the kind of stuff that you didn't see when when it was a lot smaller right i mean if you think back far enough though back to you know before we were in the business in in air quotes there uh, in the '90s, I mean, there was definitely underfunded uh, breweries that were just, it, you know, to market and try yeah. to grow share that way. Uh, but you know, since 2005, and you know, since we got into craft beer, in I would say like the early 2000s, 2000, 2001, probably time frame, where I started getting serious on it. Uh, it was a lot more organic growth. You know, yeah. it wasn't a it was fad. Very genuine. It, yeah, it wasn't. It was people going out searching for new flavors. It wasn't just, uh, yeah, like you said, like a fad that came mm-hmm. out, came around and disappeared. Now, this it, is it wasn't a market opportunity, right? This is going to stick. The availability of of beers, I don't see a situation where that where that falls significantly. I do see a situation where the amount of new breweries that are opening drops. Right. Significantly. I mean, we've had the. The rate of openings is what you're talking about, right? Yeah. I mean, we were had the bubble discussion a bit ago. I think it was probably mostly a post conversation. Uh, and Greg and I had some disagreements. But I think most of it was probably mainly about the definition of bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do... I was thinking that I was reading an article. There was an article written mostly about mainstream beer. About... It was calling, saying millennial, millennials hate beer. And they left out the word crappy. You know, yeah. millennials hate crappy beer. But it got me thinking, like, because they're talking about, you know, their tastes have changed to wine and mixed drinks and things like that. And I'm trying to imagine a cultural taste change where craft beer would fall out of fla- fall out of favor. And, I'm sure one can be imagined. Right. Uh, I mean, one, especially in a carb-conscious world, uh, beer is not exactly your... <laughs> your, right. your your primary go to drink, so if if it becomes a situation where people are really suggesting you know cutting a lot of sugars and stuff out, I can see where beer would fall right. off. Okay, 
Yeah, I'm just I'm just like thinking like, are we past the point where? So I, you know, it's funny because going back to our bubble talk, you know, thinking about that, that would definitely cause a downturn. Yes. In craft beer volume, if you know there was this sea change in in flavors, and you know, I haven't done any. Uh, you know, it'd be too good to talk to, or do the research to figure out like. What? When have we ever done the research? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, it, you know, this again is an academic uh, yeah, thought experiment. True. <laughs> as a thought, ex- not an academic experiment, but as a thought experiment, it'd be fun to th- like look at, you know, another time where a pretty good analog has fallen out of favor mm-hmm. and why and what caused it and that kind of thing. It's hard to think of a good analog because it, the, you know. Uh, 40s, 50s, industrialization, you know, mass market food. That's not really... I don't think that's a good analog for where we could go from here because well, we're let, getting... let's so. ponder it. Let's move on to the next beer while sure. we do. So uh, I say we go for... I say we just bring in the founders. We jump right, right. in with both feet. This one's from Jim. Jim sent us a bottle of KBS. So uh used to be called Kentucky Breakfast Out when we first had it. Now it's called KBS. Plain old KBS, eleven point two percent alcohol by volume, seventy IBUs. They had to change the name because it's not made in Kentucky. Ah, so they couldn't call Kentucky Breakfast Out. But they can, I guess, they had to change the K. They didn't have to change the KFC name, but chicken is not regulated the same way alcohol is. Yeah, well, they, well, they wanted the fried out of the name mostly, right? <laughs> uh, they on on the. So they say the amazing Cosmickeys. I think that's new on the um, on the front of the label. Oh, well, they always had some kind of like snake oil tonic oh. type type verbiage on here. So um, I don't remember about it being Cosmickeys or anything like that. But even on the old label, they had some kind of like snake oil type mm. verbiage on there. This is their description from the website. What we've got here is an imperial stout brewed with a massive amount of coffee and chocolates and cave aged oak barrels for an entire year to make sure wonderful bourbon undertones come through in the finish. Make your taste buds squeal with delight. So we'll see if it lives up to that. I just like the what we got here. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> he was trying to be like a a, a barker, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. First thing I smelled when I smelled this, I did the whole tilt the glass till the beer is almost spilling out and rotate the glass mm-hmm. in my hands, and it was really, really boozy. Like it smelled like a twelve percenter or something like that. Uh, I don't think the beer is that big. Eleven point two. Okay, so it, it smelled all of eleven point two percent then. KBS, a flavor stout, is good for everything a flavor stout ought to be good for. Okay. And then the aroma beyond that booziness is mostly coffee. There's some oakiness in there. The oakiness is is subtle enough that if you didn't know, you might have a hard time like picking it out right away, especially with all the coffee and the roast and the booziness mm-hmm. and everything else. You might not notice the oakiness at first. Feels a little cold, so I'm going to warm it up a bit. The surface temperature is 60, so it's probably around 55. So breakfast out, 
the beer that went into the barrels is kind of a coffee, oatmeal, chocolate, milk stout. All those delicious breakfast things. We actually have a bottle of breakfast out in the fridge if we wanted to do a side-by-side, but I think we have enough beers lined up that we don't have to worry about that. I mean, immediately, there's a huge bourbon kick right on the flavor to me. It, it, It comes out right away, and it's very... Very strong and powerful, and it's overpowering the other flavors. It's, it's it's well on top of them, and it's it's much louder than the other flavors are. Underneath it, there's kind of that. There's a chocolatey bitterness, and there's uh, a little bit of that latte mm. work coffee, latte and work coffee creamer kind of okay. flavor. Yeah. So for me, up front, I, I get. I get something boozy. I, I wouldn't call it over-the-top bourbon as much as you know, but something that's kind of... There's whiskey, maybe... I would I almost call it rummy because of all the roast that's in there. And then it goes into kind of like a... Like a... One of those cold Starbucks frappuccino, you know, like flavor off of that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, where you get the latte-type flavors. And then towards the aftertaste is where the barrel really comes in for me. I'm getting a lot of vanilla-y, vanilla-type after notes uh woody vanilla type after notes is what i'm really getting towards the end that's the main place i'm getting the uh barrel mm. so during the 10 years when i've when i was explaining beer to a lot of people um before it really i mean there was a period of like you said those first few years where not only did we have to explain to everybody what a podcast was we had to explain mm-hmm. that there was better beer out there I mean, right. now it's it's public consciousness. Everybody knows. Actually, happened to me today. So I've been coaching uh, assistant coach rally soccer team and the head coach, and we've never really chatted about our personal lives or anything. And I'm missing the soccer fest, the, yeah. the like the tournament thing next week for Safer. And I told him it's a beer thing. And today he actually asked me, "Are you a craft beer guy?" Mm-hmm. You know, and he's not. He drinks Miller Lite. His wife likes Sam Adams and and Landon Kugels and things like that. But I mean. Just the phrasing of the question, are you a craft beer guy? Yeah. It was like, whoa. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that. Uh, yeah, it, it's definitely, it, it, it is known that, uh, that craft beer is out there. The, the go-to that I always had for explaining uh, the diversity of beer that, that was actually out there, if you went to look for it before you knew, mm-hmm. was cheese. Right. Uh, I, I went with, you know, if, if you ate American cheese all your life, and then you discovered the cheese aisle, you would be, you know, he'd be well, overjoyed. I remember the first time I had Munster cheese. Mm-hmm. It's like, whoa, <laughs> screw you, American. <laughs> I'm going to get some Munster for my sandwiches. And, you know, now in, in a similar way, I think we're noticing, at least in, in our area, I, I can't speak for other areas, but you can go to the store and there's much bigger cheese sections than there ever were before. Mm-hmm. There's there's a, definitely a, a gourmeting of American palates. You yeah. know, there's uh, cheese, wine, beer, breads. Mm-hmm. A lot more breads available than than there were previously. Uh, just just the produce that's available too. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not just iceberg lettuce. I mean, that's going back twenty years. But right. there was a time when you couldn't get five different types of lettuce at, at the grocery store. Right. 
And then not then baby spinach and yeah. field greens and all kinds of right. stuff. So anything about this KBS? You getting past the barrel or is it still bugging you? I'm getting past the um the kind of overt uh, in your face, I guess yes, it was. You're right; it was more whiskey than it was bourbon. Mm-hmm. It was, but it definitely was. It was a boozy punch. Yeah, for sure. boozy. Yeah, boozy punch right up front that I wasn't expecting, and and uh, took me a while to get used to. I, I feel like, I feel like, I've always, I don't know. I, I remember not liking KBS when I first had it, in a similar sense because I felt like. The breakfast stout was better, even though um, I love, remember loving breakfast stout and then trying mm-hmm. KBS and being like, oh, I don't know, it's just, it feels like too much. I feel like other companies, other other places have learned how to use barrels better. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like I know founders can use barrels better than this, but this is kind of the flavor they're going for. And so they're going to keep you doing it because people want it. Right. This is, a, they do have the vintage on the label. This right. is a 2015 KBS we're drinking here. But, I mean, there, there's not exactly a lot of motivation for founders to change their recipe. I mean, for me, it's fine. I, I mean, I'm enjoying a lot of different attributes. Uh, coffee, vanilla, or like the cream type flavor really comes through strong. And then the vanilla uh, wood wood uh, after notes is, is really uh, really striking a nice chord for me that I, I am enjoying quite a bit. Yeah, they're definitely there. And I don't feel like, you know, this is dump bucket worthy or anything. It's not like I'm throwing it out. It's just... Uh, it, it, it's a lot to handle. It's a mm-hmm. it's a big beer. Sure. So we talked about beer ten years ago. We should talk about podcast ten years ago. So people might not know why we started Craft Beer Radio. And I discovered podcasting in probably mid to late in March of two thousand five, and I found a couple good like. One of the first podcasts I was listening to, which I still listen to, is uh, Scott Sigler Audiobooks. He's a, a podcast author. He basically had a book that went to print, but like the publisher like, had a bad... He had, he had a book he had the rights to, which never got published. And he decided to do a chapter at a time in a podcast. And uh, so I started listening to him. Then one of the first things I started looking, listening to, looking for right away was beer podcasts, because I was kind of a beer geek at the time. And there were probably three or four main beer podcasts that I had found. And there was one called Screw Tops, which had uh, a format very much like, very much that you're familiar with because it's pretty much the show that we ended up doing. Mm-hmm. These guys meant well, but they didn't know enough. And I remember they were trying to describe it milk stout. So I can't remember how they described the milk stout, but they got the whole lactose body thing completely wrong and i'm like yelling at the radio and that's when it made me think like i wonder if i could do something in this space do a better thing because i I just felt they were doing a disservice to craft beer with this wrong information and they're consistent with doing things that were inaccurate not completely correct it seems kind of funny that now we're (laughs) we're getting a little lax sometimes in the research we do but we don't we also there were a couple things that when i listened to it that I found kind of offensive about the show. One was I really didn't like that they put music underneath. Uh-huh. Oh, and they did the whole burp gag they did thing. A burp, yeah, they, they were constantly burping into the microphone, which was... I, I know some people have issues with the sounds of, of us... Swallowing. Swallowing. But it, believe me, <laughs> this was much worse. Right. 
And then the other thing I had noticed with many podcasts were if a dude was doing a podcast by himself and he wasn't really good, the podcast was not very listenable. It was not a good podcast. But you could have two people who didn't have to be really good and they could do a compelling podcast. So that's why I knew that I needed a co-host. And uh, Greg and I weren't working together at the time. We really weren't all that close right th- at that point in time. No. Um, that was probably, I mean... Yeah, we. You had invited me up recently for a beer tasting yeah. thing, right? Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I can't remember exactly what the scenario was. I mean, we weren't talking to each other on a regular basis. Probably still friends, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, Greg was one of the other people that I knew well enough that was also into or appreciated craft beer, and he was pretty much the newbie palate when we started the show. Yeah, and. Uh, he had some radio experience in his background as well. Uh, but I, I knew I needed a co-host, so I, I kind of asked Greg if he'd be interested. And, well, June, I kind of jumped right into it. I was like, yeah, June let's do 3rd, it. June 3rd, 2005, we did a test show, which didn't suck, and we posted it. That had about 30 people download it in the first <laughs> week. So, yeah, that was, um, and that's where where it all began. And here we are. Picked up a Radio Shack mixer off of eBay, an old analog mixer, and a couple uh, dynamic microphones, which I still have. Gone through what? That's gone through three. Mi- we're on a third mixer now. Yes. And uh, we got cough buttons finally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ten years in, we managed to get cough buttons. There's, I mean, a lot of things I remember. Uh, Jeff used to make detailed, very detailed notes about uh, both news stories and. The beers mm-hmm. that we would go through. I had a job where I didn't have to work at yeah. my job very much. So I had plenty of time to prep the show. And there was, at the beginning, I was spending like 30 to 40 hours a week prepping the show. <laughs> like a lot of time. This is before kids and when I had a job where it was yeah. pretty lax. And uh, yeah, I mean, those were well-researched, uh, well-prepped shows. And people that have been with us for a long time, when Allison was born in 2008, you saw the show change quite a bit. Um, I also used to edit the shows very tightly. We put together a very clean show. I took out all the ums, the ahs, the false starts, and tried to do a really tight show. I'd spend probably three hours editing an hour show. And, well, when I had a baby, we stopped doing shows regularly. And then we decided... You know, if we're going to do these shows, we kind of have to learn to do them live to tape. And so ever since 2008, we've been doing shows live to tape. And I think we've gotten pretty good at that. Probably the show's probably not as tight as uh, the original show, but it's a different yeah. show now. Yeah. I mean, it used to be that you you would still go through and sometimes take out when we go on digressions. Now you don't even do that. <laughs> it's, just, it's just live. Well, it's because we generally do a pretty good yeah. live to tape show. And... I still don't have a ton of time to, to do in post-production. So I have a system where it's pretty much I just hit my marks mm-hmm. and I have a, a great script written that uploads the shows and I've been using that for quite a while where I just have this Python script that just throws the stuff up and, and updates it. So what's next? What's next? Well... Maybe we should do this saison because sour, sour, double IPA. I think we should hit the saison. All right. 
Hill Farmstead, the special guest of the show. <laughs> uh, this is Hill Farmstead's uh, Arthur. This beer's also from Jim. Thank you, Jim. Uh, this is a Saison from 6% alcohol by volume. Oh, it's uh, gushing. Uh, it's a little gusher. That's okay in a Saison. So, oh, we'll see. Gushers are seldom good news. It can be okay in a Saison, right? I mean, yeah, it could be just a very highly carbonated beer. Uh, it's in a super heavy bottle. This is in a like a 750 milliliter um, champagne style bottle with a punt on the bottom, really thick glass. So it could just be a super sparkling beer. Yeah, it's got a big, I mean, anytime you get something like this gushy, you have a huge head on it. This is a soft and pillowy head on what looks to be a another very straw colored mm-hmm. beer. It smells like a fairly hoppy Belgian Saison. I mean, so I don't hate to use Saison when I'm talking about a Saison, but it has a big spicy nose, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit piney on it. So, like, even through all this foam, and sometimes the foam really wrecks what you can smell, like, smell the hoppiness first. And then behind the hoppiness, I'm smelling something that's kind of a wheat like yes, character, yeah. a little bit peppery, uh, you know, typical Saison smells. And actually, it smells that I haven't had very much lately like i haven't had a good saison dupont or a phantom or you know good european saisons it does smell and this kind of smells taking me back there so i'm kind of kind of giddy that i might taste a really good saison here it smells rustic and open and and what by open i mean the smells really come through very strongly so but it does have that um that slight uh, the best way I can describe it is just crunchy. The, the, the slight crunchy uh, aroma that just feels like a, a like little, a chaff, like a wheat chaff or something. Yeah, like that, a little or? like that, a little bit like a, like an old brick or something. Like it, it has okay a, something minerally yeah. clay like. Okay, I don't smell anything plasticky on it at right. all. So you know, with gusher, often comes kind of a band aid plastic aroma. I don't smell that, so that's reassuring. Yeah, the smell smells good. It's very phenolic and peppery, kind of. Um, so you get a little bit of uh, a bit of car- actually a caramel sweetness. Like I'm thinking, like kind of like a a bit of uh, like a toffee or not toffee, but caramel, and then the kind of spicy hops, the peppery uh, phenols, all kinds of great aroma. They say it's made with, uh, American malted barley, American European hops, their distinctive farmhouse yeast and water from their well. Okay. Very hoppy in the flavor. Starts out spicy, actually goes a little bit citrusy, kind of, uh, an orange lemon mix mm. there. Uh, I didn't really taste much uh, esters or phenols in the flavor because of how hoppy it was. It, they come through in the back, the back end of the flavor. I think you're getting some of those okay. phenolic notes, a little, a little mushroom, a uh, little sort of truffle notes. If I was going to benchmark this, I would say it remind me of something of like a Jolly Pumpkin, you know, like mm-hmm. maybe like an ESBM or something like that, as opposed to a Saison Dupont or a Phantom or something like that. So, okay. so I would actually start in the Jolly Pumpkin realm and kind of, I'm going to try to, you know, divide my way from there. Yeah, it's definitely got a big, bright hoppiness up front, which is 
not your typical European uh, note. It's letting the hops talk more than the barley, at least at first. And then um, and then the yeast comes in to tell more of the story in the at the end. It's not really letting the barley tell much of a story throughout, I think. It has a really high-level carbonation, but it kind of gives it this really neat, like, lemon pith-type yeah. flavor. And that actually works really well. It doesn't taste chalky or minerally. Like, you might think that high-level carbonation, like an extra brew to, like, champagne would be a kind of minerally and chalky. Mm-hmm. This kind of comes across as lemon pith, and, and I like that. that. That's interesting, and it, it plays well in here. Quiet. Silence. Just contemplating. Contemplating this beer. Yeah, I mean, it's not what I expected from the smell. I, I expected, I guess, more of a... more rustic notes than I'm getting. Yeah, and, I was expecting something more peppery phenolic yeah. than uh, citrusy. And really, the lemon citrus type flavor is, is winning the day here for me. It doesn't make it bad. But I would have loved, like, a classic European saison. Mm-hmm. It would have made me so happy. <laughs> slight tang notes. Just a slight a slight tanginess to it. Not not like a sour, but mm-hmm. just a little bit of tang. Yeah, but it's really very strong with the lemon. It's a, it's a pretty mm-hmm. distinctive strong. So, here's a... Is there... Any, it has a very citric acid type feel to it. It doesn't seem like there's any breath in there. I don't think there's any other bugs. I think it's all hop uh, apparency and maybe the high level carbonation, right? The carbonic acid is right. kind of giving it the zing. Is that what you're feeling too? or? Yeah, I don't think there's any. I mean, it's fairly, it's more tart than you would expect. Right. Right. It's surprisingly tart. And I'm trying to figure out why, because it doesn't seem like there's any bugs in there. And I think it might be the high level carbonation and those lemony type hop elements. Yeah. I, they don't have any information about if there's any extra stuff going mm-hmm. on in here. So I can't really tell. It just, yeah, it seems like that's where it's coming from. All right. So we, this is a good bottle of beer. Closed it off with our Xylus Stopper. Mm. And we haven't talked about the Xyluses in a while, but uh, a lot of longtime listeners know about these. There is a certain kind of bottle stopper that we love to use for large format bottles. It keeps the CO2 in, and they are the Xylus. We actually did a little Amazon uh, trial where we bought all the bottle stoppers they had on Amazon. So we do do our research sometimes. We do it. Yeah. Well, we do some experiments. Yeah. And because uh, we we had a listener, uh, John John Daigle sent us some of these Xyluses a long time ago, and we started using them, and they were great stoppers. And then there's cheaper stoppers on Amazon. We wanted to test them all out, but Xylus wins the day. <laughs> Which brings us into uh, if you would like to support the show, so we can do it another ten more years. And possibly more. Who knows? Uh, go to craftybrewery.com slash Amazon. And, yeah, anything you buy after you go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon, you just shop, 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 shop until your heart's content. 
and you check out and it's like no different costs you not a penny more but instead of like all the money going to Amazon we get about six six and a half percent and that's uh, yeah, it's, kind of nice sometimes the um, we have a store on our website if you go to craft beer radio see the craft beer radio store and the Xyla stoppers uh, the speed glasses that we use for the show all our favorite products for beer drinking and beer analysis are available in a curated store there yeah and, and thank you everyone who's who's been buying stuff we we had enough purchases this uh, this month to get to the seven percent mark oh did we hit seven yeah I, so, last time i looked it's like 12 more purchases to hit seven percent so even like the one dollar things those help because that's those counts of purchase yeah yeah so you buy a bunch of cheap things and it gets us up to seven percent and the guy who bought the one expensive thing we get more of his money yeah. for, from amazon so thank you thank you so much I think that's the first time we hit 7%. No, we've done it before. Have we? Yeah. Oh, around Christmas time, yeah. I guess. Huh? Christmas time is when yeah, things get big. But, um, yeah. All right, so next, what do we get? What do we get? We go with the... I'm still working on Arthur oh. here, but uh, I'd say we do the IPA next. Yeah, I think so, too. This is from Fremont Brewing. Yep, we just this got this in the mail. Sent to us by the brewery. Thank you, Fremont. This is their two. Was it uh, the, the sister. sister? The sister Imperial IPA. Here we go. Two row pale white wheat and Vienna malts with Calypso, Cascade, Chinook, and Columbus hops. Eight point five percent alcohol by volume. I B U M Y O B. I don't know M Y O B. Uh. M Y O B for IBUs. That's yeah. <laughs> was, was make you... your own bet. Make your own. Okay, so what's very interesting here is that if you go up to on their website to their Imperial list out there, IBU says fifty. If you go down to the brother Imperial IPA, mm-hmm. IBU one billion. <laughs> um, so it's they... probably make your own something. Uh, bitterness. Make your own bet. Make your own bitterness. So yeah, we have no idea, but uh, Calypso, Cascade, Chinook, and Columbus. I know Cascade, uh, Chinook, and Columbus very well. Calypso, Calypso hops. Under the sea. No, <laughs> I don't know much about Calypso. I've I've heard of them like once, but it's not one you see often. In beers, uh, most notable thing about the Fremont can is it's a can that has two fronts. They put the same uh, label right. on the front and the back, and then on the side, in the little uh, space between, they have uh, their family-owned craft brewery founded in two thousand nine. Artisan beers, of course. Okay, down and dirty. You already mentioned the malts and yeah, yeah. all that stuff. Okay, so this is from the USA Hops User Guide. Eclipso, which is Hopsteiner 03129, if you're ordering it, is a, di- is a diploid aroma type hop originated from a cross between a Hopsteiner breeding female 98005 and a Hopsteiner male derived from Nugget and USDA 19058M. It has a pleasant fruity aroma with hints of pear and apple. Mm-hmm. Sounds fun. Possible substitution are Galena hops, which we've also okay. uh, talked about before. So, interesting. 12 to 14% of your alpha acids. 
So you know, moderate, but not uh, crazy. So let's see. Yeah, the beer is moderately cloudy. Double IPAs typically like have lots of yeah. pop junk in there and are seldom crystal clear. You roam on this one. It smells. It smells high gravity. Yeah, because you're getting a really saturated malt character. You're getting a really saturated hop character. It smells almost like a like squeezing a grapefruit or something like that. Like grapefruit onto like some uh, muffins or something like that. <laughs> okay, so this is the description of the Sister Imperial IPA from the website. Family always comes first. I guess this came probably after the brother. Just when you thought that your poor tongue couldn't stand any more humulus lupulus, which is the uh, the main bittering uh, mm-hmm. right. molecule in hops, uh, the sister comes home to prove you wrong, using the same unbreakable malt backbone of the brother to balance out a truckload of Calypso and Bravel hops. The sister weighs in at, approximate, at approximately a billion IBUs, so just like... Of the brother, but they put Emily up in there. So, yeah, I'm I'm gonna guess it's you know. I'm surprised they're allowed to put a billion. Oh, they can't put a billion on the label. That's right. why it's Myob. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, th- this isn't part. This isn't the label. This is just yeah. it's on their website. Well, right, but on the label, they can't say one billion IBUs. No, they certainly cannot. Uh, oh, but it is. It does say Myob on the label. But that's. So it is non-descriptive. It's, yeah. it's not a lie. It's yeah. not saying a billion when it's technically not a billion. <laughs> okay, the uh, taste on this one, mouthfeel. It's very thick and juicy. Like uh, doesn't quite see. What are you laughing at? <laughs> laughing at the description oh. on the on, on the side of, of of the of the can. Okay. Um, we are a family-owned craft brewery founded in two thousand nine to brew artisan beers made with the best local ingredients we can find. The sister is the most imperious of our imperial series and is inspired by our desire to thank sisters everywhere. Without our sisters, we would have never learned the finer points of emotional warfare or the art of huffing and puffing or snide remarking how long to carry a grudge or the true meaning of loyalty when one of us is hurt. This sister is fittingly bitter and a little sweet, (laughs) but she will always be there for you because sisters matter. And that goes back to the uh the seattle uh mm-hmm. what because beer matters is the fremont right. book so i thought that was uh, cool yeah the mouthfeel is substantial on this one it has enough malt in there that it's not just all hops and water but as i'm talking the bitterness kind of rolls out the carpet and kind of lays down on your tongue it's 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 an interesting bitterness it's not like straight enamel scraping yeah it's it's a little more softer than that but it it brings it brings the noise for sure hmm the the hot profile is it it's very green it it tastes uh a little um hmm well it 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 
I does have some some of those pear notes. It, really? It, I was just going to say I'm not. I was waiting for you to finish. I was going to say I'm not tasting apple or pear. I'm tasting more grapefruit pith and things like that. I'm I'm tasting some of that, but I'm, also, I'm t- tasting an herbaceous sort of note too. It's something that that feels. Uh, it feels kind of. Uh, Kind of similar to remember where we had the cactus. It, it yeah. So so now that I'm trying to find it, uh-huh. I kind of taste like the tart side of a gala apple. Or, yeah yeah okay I could see something like that. So I've noticed. I think I've talked about this maybe in the post show years ago. But like gala apples, I like the ones that are squatter and wider, and the bottom half of them are tartar. In the top half. So I just, you know, for some reason I've noticed that the tall skinny galas, not as good as the squat fat ones. And the squat fat ones towards the bottom, I'm getting kind of the tartness from those. Do we talk about the 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 growth of, of the Varieties of stuff that you can get at, at the supermarket. I'm thinking, like, mm-hmm. you, you started talking about apples, thinking, you know, wow, that you get a lot of different apples now. You can get now heirloom tomatoes are around. You have mm-hmm. to get the, the same right, <laughs> right. plump red tomatoes that have any flavor. There's a lot of varieties of stuff that's come. I mean, craft beers is has come a. It's it's been helped by other by the fact that other things are are gaining prominence too. The 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 high tide is lifting all the boats and craft beer. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. People are expecting more flavor in their food, in beer as food. Excuse me. And absolutely, it was in the right place at the right time to take advantage of that um, uplifting, that rising tide of flavor Yeah, in food. It's pretty good. I mean, it's... I'm sorry. I was just going to say, uh, I was thinking about, but you can kind of talk about the beer because it, it's, it's a little bit of a digression. Okay. I, I'm, I'm enjoying this beer. It's really bitter, but it, the bitterness isn't lingering. Yeah. It's not building on my palate. It's not like a, a beer where you're like, I'm thinking of like, you know, like something like, oh, I don't want to name names. I was going to name a beer, but I'm not positive. I actually feel this way about the beer uh, where it's like, Oh, it's so bitter. Another sip. Oh, it's even more bitter. This one is cleaning off the palate each time. You know, it's not really lingering yeah. and digging into your your uh, your tongue. So it's quite drinkable. And I like the bouquet. What I was going to say was, I, I'm trying to think of things that might that that probably are fads. And one thing that I think is a fad, and it's probably starting to die down now, is bacon. I've always complained about <laughs> the overuse of bacon. Uh, and I think that we're we're starting to see that start to. What's funny? To die. What's funny is, I was never a fan of bacon. Like I was always a sausage guy, uh-huh. eggs and sausage or pancakes and sausage, not bacon. I would say over the last three or four years, I've really come around to bacon. Bacon's good. Bacon's not a condiment. That's always been my complaint. Don't use bacon like you would use hot sauce don't throw it on top of everything i know i've said on the show before that i prefer a cheeseburger over a bacon cheeseburger i might not have that opinion at at the moment bacon's got to be done right that's the thing you never know what kind of bacon you're gonna get from a restaurant and sometimes you want it chewy sometimes you want it crunchy i i never would put bacon on 
a good cheeseburger. No, not on, not on a good cheeseburger. Yeah. You know, a fast food cheeseburger or something close to it, sure. I actually had bacon at lunch on Friday. I had, uh, at the, be- the beer hive, they have uh, the sticky pig. It's bacon, peanut butter, pickles. Oh, it's an Elvis. <laughs> it's, um... You see bananas to be an Elvis sandwich. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, well, peanut butter and pickles is a combination. I'm not pregnant, I don't think. But peanut butter and pickles is a combination I've discovered at a couple places around town that is really good. Oh, briny saltiness with nuttiness. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't oh, yeah. that go well? It's so good. <laughs> uh, OTB has um, a burger where they put uh, Woolies, uh, fresh ground peanut butter, and pickles on it. And then down at the beer, they have kind of a, it's like play on a BLT, but there's no L and T. It's mm-hmm. just bacon, peanut butter, pickles, and uh, they give you like a maple syrup uh, uh, like sauce or something you can put on it too. But uh, Eat one of those every day and get fat. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> would for sure. Okay, let's get, let's finish this beer and get on to the sour things, huh? Mm-hmm. I think we need to rinse the glass here because mm-hmm. that's a, there is a lot of of hoppy sticky hop resins. A billion IBUs. We better wash these things out a couple of times. We have to throw these glasses out if there's actually a billion IBUs. In them. <laughs> now, if there were a billion IBUs and your your um, your mouth would basically be sucked into space. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we're going to do a beer from Grand Teton Brewing Company. Sent to us by the brewery. Thank you, Grand Teton Brewing. It comes with this fancy little label, neck label, and uh, like, uh, what's this like? What do they call these things? They put on the liquor bottles to like seal the cap. Uh, those are called, but it's a sticker. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the name I was looking for, but yes, it is a sticker. Uh, so this is their Grand Saison Farmhouse Ale, but it's their 2015 Cellar Reserve, which is soured. So I'm uh, really interested to try this out. The, the Grand Saison, the original one, at least has an original gravity of 15... Point zero degrees Play-Doh, 7.5% alcohol volume, and uh, 5 degree lava bond, if you're curious about that. Grand Teton is in Victor, Idaho. We've had their beer. I think we had their beers when we were out in Idaho for the mm-hmm. Anheuser-Busch tour. Um, but... Oh, yeah, Bush, Bitch Creek. Uh... Oh, and then, yeah, the Bitch Creek last week, yeah. Let's see, what's in the Nick label here? It looks like they're... Oh, here. If you don't have... Info, here, just read this. You don't have to look on the website. Oh, okay. It's it's a blend of three saisons. The first batch is brewed using a base of German wheat and Munich malt, spiced with European hops. German Hillertau Magnum... German Hillertau, German Hillertau Magnum, British East Cut Goldings, and French Sissel Spalt. Those are an interesting uh, collection of continental hops there. Uh, some no... No, no nobles. Uh, then fermented with the classic Belgian yeast to bring out the spicy flavors. The second batch we ferment with Bramonyces Dre. It's wild yeast from Belgium, blah, blah, blah. Produces uh, aromas. Then the third brew is sour with lactobacillus. Hmm. 
So it's breaded and uh, lactically soured. We are live on Periscope. We'll see if what kind of a-holes join. <laughs> oh, God. So ten years in, we're trying something new. <laughs> well, we'll see. For Oh, there's the answer right here. For easy opening, use bottle opener on bail tape. That's what that is. It's bail, bail tape. tape. Okay. It's uh, the kind of thing that you'll see when uh, liquor bottles have that kind of like federal label thing on it. <laughs> Smells. Okay, the beer pours a slight cloudy gold. Um, the head really dissipated quickly. It kind of fell down to just about nothing. This a slight kind of uh, berry sourness on the nose. Well, also getting some grassy, uh, slight weedy notes, a little bit of lemon. Yeah, I agree with you. There's a little bit of a lemony aroma coming off. It doesn't really smell Brett. You know, the Brett's kind of close to the vest. It's not really coming out too, too much. Anybody watching? <laughs> there are there's like six people on. Uh, Jagoff Brewer, uh, the brewer at, at um, Hitchhiker Brewing, is online. So cheers. I'm not sure who the other five people are. I missed the. Uh... Oh, tonight's beer is watching. Tonight's hey. beer is. Okay, that's that's interesting. It's a little it's a little chalky. Um. It feels a little closed. It feels like there's there's something trying to get out of the box, but it's not quite getting out of the box. the 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 uh, The flavor is kind of stuck in there. I need to kind of coax it out a little bit. Yeah, the aroma is really not uh, giving up too much. Let's go on. To, I'll go on to the flavor. I know you just already went there, but it's still getting those those berry notes, like uh, a little bit of uh, blueberry. Um, yeah, I would say it's close to a closer to a blueberry than anything else. Blueberry is a good call. I think it's a little more like a, if you take like a blueberry lemon kind of blend. You know, there's a little lemoniness in there. It's not too um, too sour or, or too dank or anything yeah. like that. You know, it's just kind of acidic. I mean, it's clearly blended out, right? Because I think they, it would have been if they would have just put it like the lacto or, or, <laughs> right, right. or the bread thing, you would have had a much different flavor. This is blended to be a specific. Um, specific thing that they're going for so it does feel a little um a little tamer than you might expect if it were just you know if, if they just blasted it through uh, but i think like i said i think that's what they were going for yeah they, it's it is tame but it's, it's yeah. a good drinker right yeah. so it let's not think about like super sour right and just kind of talk about but I, i'm just saying if, if people are buying this they're mm-hmm. expecting something super sour it's not going right. to be super sour it, it's it's specifically dialed down we're down to two viewers. Our, our peak. We've already peaked on the uh, Periscope. Uh, I don't think anybody Periscopes for a long time anyway. So, right. Nobody yeah. does. Well, we haven't been trolled yet, so that's good. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Um, yeah, it, it, it tastes quite nice. It's, it's a very nice drinker. Um, only six percent, 
so it's not going to blow blow through you and and you know be like the Fremont and uh, <laughs> what was it eight and then or, or the KBS which was eleven jeez yeah it, it feels like somehow I'm like getting less drunk drinking this. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. I'm really enjoying this beer. Uh, I'm trying to put some words to it. I'm gonna put down the. I'm gonna I'm actually. I'm gonna just gonna. I'm gonna sit down the phone because uh-huh. that's not making the show any better. No, but I will leave it on and wave every once in a while. And uh, yeah, so it, it's kind of much lower alcohol than many of the beers mm-hmm. we've had been having tonight, but it has a, a very potent flavor, getting lots of great tanginess to it. See what else I can pull out of this. Fair amount of hops in there as well. Now that I'm noticing, kind of a reminds me a lot of the hopping in in the Arthur that we had earlier, mm-hmm. but not as potent. Kind of toned down, maybe like only thirty percent of that hoppiness. It's opening up to me. I'm starting to taste more. Earthy notes. I'm starting to taste a little bit more of what the Brett's doing, which is giving it a little bit of that dusty, uh, slightly, um, slightly, you know, it, it shouldn't surprise you that there's a kind of moldy taste because it is, I mean, it's a mold. <laughs> These are all funguses, except <laughs> for lactobacillus, which is a bacteria, but. There's yeah, there's interesting stuff coming through as you let it sink in. It it, it does need to kind of lay around your tongue has to get used to, it, especially coming after uh, what we've had. Uh, to to this is much milder on the palate than the Fremont was. Yeah. So it, it took some it took some drifting to get here, but I do believe that it's a there, there's a lot of nuance in here if you explore it. Yeah, I'm actually actually kind of getting something that's kind of so we talked about pear in the previous one. I'm getting something that's kind of pear like here. Maybe mango, but it's kinda of like that mushy flesh of that kind of fruit, yeah, you know? Yeah. Kind of feel. I would lean more towards mango than pear, but I but I can see where there's a crossover. I can mm-hmm. see where Texture-wise, yeah, right. There's the same texture in both of those. Yeah, that one, that's pretty good. That is pretty good. Thank you so much for sending it our way. All right. Final beer. Final beer. Avery Brewing Company's Raspberry Sour. This came in the mail just the other day. This is brought to us by Avery. It looks like it's part of a uh, series called Botanicals and Barrels. Right, they don't actually have it on their website yet. So I do have a piece of paper that they sent us. Luscious red raspberries are elegantly intertwined with a bountiful amount of lactic acidity and delicate barrel nuances to cultivate this stunning sour ale. 6.5% alkaloid volume. It's first installment of their new Botanicals and Barrels series, which will also include vanilla bean stout and coconut porter, both of which are aging in bourbon barrels to be released later this year. These are their first barrel-aged beers to be available year-round. There you go. 
you just got a big marketing spiel from Avery. Show everyone your shirt. Oh. <laughs> everyone, meaning how many people are watching right now? Three. Let's just say every day. Every day is struggle. Every day is struggle on that shirt. Five bucks at Walmart. Because <laughs> cats are pimps. Cats are pimps. Okay. The color is... Uh, it it kind of looks like a raspberry tea. <laughs> I mean, if... Because it has that tea-like color with a little little hints of red hue to it, yeah. yeah. The ray, the the nose is is pretty big on the raspberry. Uh, it smells. I've had other beers like this. What what is it reminding me of? It's uh, it doesn't smell as sweet as Lindemann's. But there's a very pungent and bright... Pungent might not be the right word, but very identifiable raspberry aroma yeah. on this. Yeah. Um, would, does it smell similar to the McKellar? I don't remember. I think the, the, Keller, the McKellar had a much more uh, lactic... Maybe I think of, of New Glarus's raspberry. It's been so long. You know what? Maybe it is been so long since I've had raspberry tart, but it might be yeah. what's ringing a bell. It smells, it smells, so, smells very good. really good. So the, what it's giving is you get that raspberry, but you also get some kind of like cocoa Tootsie Roll type thing mixed in there. Yeah. And the, and the aroma is like the, the Tootsie Roll-ish thing and the raspberry thing. They just blend together so well. And it smells full. The tartness really isn't, or the sour is only slightly in the aroma. It smells like mostly it'll be like a fruit sour, fruit acid type thing. <laughs> oh. They're not kidding when they say sour. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's sour. That is sour patch kid sour. That is mm-hmm. it smells it tastes just like yeah. the 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 powdered acid stuff yeah. they put on sour patch kids. That is if you want something sour, you want something that will make you do that kind of fish thing, this will do it to you. Mm. The raspberry flavor is also coming through nicely. Doesn't taste extracty or or medicine-y at all. Mm-hmm. Slight chocolate notes there too, just in the malt. The um, the sour seems like it's coming from like a Rosalaire blend or something like that. You know, I just know that because of a lot of the sour beers that I have had. It seems kind of lawfully like. Mm-hmm. It seems the Rosalaire blend is it's 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 a sour yeast blend you can get from White Labs, and it's kind of a Flandersy type thing. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, I'm not saying Avery used Rosalaire blend. I'm just saying that it is, hey, we're down to one person on the Periscope. I guess that's the half-life of Periscope right there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It has a definite tartness to it. And uh, Sour Patch Kids, like you were saying, it's really yummy. 
<laughs> really, really. Yummy. I mean, it kind of reminds me of a La Folia bit in terms of its sourness. Mm-hmm. But the raspberry gives it a different character, yeah. right, than La Folia does. Makes it a little more forgiving and not just like cheek skin eating mm. tart and sour. But yeah, there's a lot of a lot of those lactic notes. Mm-hmm. So there's you know a slight um, kind of milky aftertaste, and also like a deep burn. Yeah, right? the, the tangy burn lingers and burns the top of your mouth for a while. <laughs> That's good. It's good. <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> Did you just call this a wow beer? I just said wow. I don't know whether I call this a wow beer, but I just said wow. And that's the last beer, so I guess it's time to rank. Pick some good beers tonight. Yeah. That's that's for sure. Hmm. (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to rank here tonight this is tough you know like like when oh nobody's watching so we're gonna stop the periscope (laughs) (laughs) by periscope i don't think periscope is all that interesting hey we got no trolls Uh, that that's your that's your (laughs) takeaway that's a success if there's no trolls (laughs) okay All right, I I gotta start from the top because starting from the bottom is gonna be too complicated, too many uh, things to keep in the keep up in the air. In, in the thing holder, yes, <laughs> in the thing holder. But even number one's tough, you know. This beer, the sour beer, so good. But you know, is it better than the other? I don't know. The other beers are really good. They, they were all good in their own way. It's like your children, right? You love each one in their own special way. Damn. I don't know, Greg. It, it is it is difficult, but I'm going to insist that we rank in this show. I, I know. Being our 10th anniversary. I know. Show. Are you mad that I didn't rank the beers in the Great Lakes show last week? I, I didn't get the list. I didn't even know you did oh, because I didn't get to listen to it. I, I so. didn't. I wasn't going to make the other two guys rank. Yeah, I'm I didn't that. have an apparent ranking in my head. Yeah. I didn't want to stall the show trying to think of one. So I didn't rank. Forgive me. You're forgiven. Thank you. <laughs> you are forgiven, Lisa. Yes. Nice. Now I can sleep tonight. God, I, I don't know. Okay, so from the bottom, I'll have to figure it out that way. All right. Dang. They're all very good. Mm-hmm. They all have. There's. Uh, I'll. I'll get out I'll of the way. Put, I'm gonna put the Arthur in sixth place. It it could have been as high as like third place, but I'm gonna put it in sixth place. I wanted something a little less hoppy in that beer. Mm-hmm. So this is all like crazy personal preference type things. Yeah. Which you know doesn't mean anything to anyone else. I want something a little more spicy and less hoppy in that beer, so I'm going to put him at the bottom. Then I'm going to put 
KBS tastes really good tonight. Really enjoyed all the flavors. Uh, and now I'm having a toss-up. Which hoppy beer do I put next? Um, actually, they're all so good. This is so hard, Greg. I hate you. Um, <laughs> what did I do? You insist that I rank. <laughs> This is one of the hardest ones I've ever had to do. Like, because I don't want to like just like say blah 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 blah. I, I actually, got my ranking already. I, I want to give a real. Do you want to let me do my ranking? You do yours. I'll come back. Right. At number six, uh, I mean, I think it, it, it's pretty clear uh, to me. I did not like the KBS very much. I, I, I found it perfectly drinkable, but the rest of the beers were to me well ahead of it in terms of, of what it was giving me. It, 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 this felt like. A throwback from nine years ago in some in some ways. So, you know, uh, you know th- that kind of stuff. I'm not looking for in beer anymore. That kind of little, a little too overt, a little too kind of flashy about what it's doing. Um, that being said, my number one beer is very flashy about what it's doing. So, what does that say? Uh, but anyway, uh, my number five beer. I'm going to put the Hill Farmstead. And one through five, they're all. Really great. The Hill Farms, it it, it, it hit me. Just, the smell gave me an impression I was going to get something that I didn't get in the in uh, the flavor. I mean, I'm with you, right? Because I wanted more phenolics. Yeah. And the flavor brought the hops. Right. And I wanted something a little more rustic, a little more European, a little less hoppy. So I hear you with that. Uh, number four, I'm going to put New Glarus. I thought it was very good, but the other things were, I think, more standout to me. Uh, this it, this felt very like a, a very well put together beer, and a very well put together beer can you know can on occasion win, uh, but it, this was not like the, spotted cow, like spotted cow. Um, this was not that one of those occasions. Number three. Is the the sister of Fremont? I think that very strong IPA. Strong, but I mean, when I say strong, I mean high quality, good, good mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't, uh, like Jeff was expounding upon when we were talking about it. The bitterness was there, and it was strong, but it wasn't overpowering, and it didn't linger so. Much. Lingering was huge, right? Yeah. Because I mean, most IPAs like that become so lingering you can't you don't they're not drinkable you yeah. don't want to finish them they're hard to take that next sip this one remained drinkable the whole way through then it was the top two i i was waffling on i'm gonna put the grand titan at number two i i thought that it took a little time to get into it i mean it came right after fremont so that might have been part of it it was low alcohol i mean yeah, it was. Six. It was less sour, it, but but it no December five. But it was oh. okay. Um, it 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 took some time to get into it, but then once you started to appreciate what they were doing with it, it really it, it you you got what they were doing, and, and it, mm-hmm. it opened up a lot. I was really appreciative of what was going on. The Avery just came in and then smacked me in the side of the face. And I think, you know, there's something to say for that. There's something to say for when you uh, 
when you you take expectations and you deliver on them and then some uh and the avery kind of went for it all the way and i was i mean i'm kind of enchanted by it and i think that's why it's i hear one for I, I hear you okay so for me i'm gonna have to put the i'm gonna keep the author last place it was still a very good beer. You, for you, the top five were very good beers. For me, the top six were very good right. beers. Uh, because the author was a little more hoppy than I had desired, I'm going to have to put him in fifth place. Or sixth place. KBS in fifth place? <sighs> it's rough. I mean, yeah, I think I'll put Moon Man in fourth um, place? I really enjoyed that beer. I thought it was very, very well put together beer. It had a great maltiness, English muffin, marmalade thing. It had the hops to help play that marmalade. Tropical orange. I thought it was really good. And, you know, at that point in the show, I thought it was going to rank very high. But the competition tonight was stout. Yeah. The We picked, you know. Without having any stouts. Right, right. But, <laughs> you know, we picked these beers. We don't know what we're going to get. Yeah. And it's it's, you know, this is what the. First, second, second law, first law. <laughs> Which law, of Crafty Radio, is this? The better the beers, the better the show. That's number one, I believe. Number one, yeah. So this is the first law, of Crafty Radio. Better the beers, the better the show. We picked six awesome beers tonight. So after the new Glarus, I'm gonna put the Fremont. Or I'm um, sorry, the um, <laughs> I said the exact wrong thing. The Grand Teton. I, I really like this saison. Uh, it was slightly tart and sour. Uh, very good beer. I'm gonna to have to give the Fremont a little more, you know, some props over top of that. I think that how it was insanely bitter but not lingering, and great flavors, and, very, and remain drinkable throughout my whole sample, um, really says something about that beer. And then number one's got to be this Avery, you know, something that is Flandersy and raspberry and sour and lactic. And, oh, it's so awesome. Pretty much. I think that's uh That's it. That's that's Craft Beer Radio. Ten years gone. Thanks for playing Zeppelin. I figured that uh, you know, Jeff was thinking about this for the opening. It doesn't make then, sense for the opening. Yeah. But it does make sense as a Yeah, it does. As a closing. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license you visit craftbeerradio.com from Oh, thank, thank, you, you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Craft Beer Radio is released under Creative Commons license. Visit CraftBeerRadio.com for more information. I'm getting a little slurry. <laughs> you hit us up on Twitter. I am at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. At Craft Beer Radio for both of us. Uh, email is beer at CraftBeerRadio.com. Facebook and Twitter, or Facebook and Google Plus. You know, don't even bother. If you'd like to contribute beer to us, there's a link on the site. Yeah, there's a donation link at the bottom of the front page. Uh, appreciate everyone who's listened to the show. One show. 337 shows. We don't care. We appreciate that you've taken the time to listen to our show. Absolutely. And uh, 10 years, man. 10 years? 10 fucking years. Wow! You said fucking. Uh, and so uh, now, now I'm getting a little introspective. I mean, I, I don't know. It's... That's a that's a long time. It's it is a long time. It's an eighth of a lifetime in general. Yeah. So thank you everyone. 
I, I really do appreciate it. And we'll see you again next week. Have a good one. Well, no, we'll be in Saber next week, won't we? Okay. But they'll still hear us. Yeah. <laughs> Look for the Saber stuff. It's coming out soon. It's going to be all over your, your feed. <laughs>